0: Hey everybody! This is Nick Padiak, You're listening to I'll Be Damned, and uh, I'm back. It was uh, it was another hiatus, an unexpected hiatus, but uh, I'm back now. In the meantime, I uh, my wife and I moved to Chicago um, from the suburbs, and which which is great. It gives me access to more people, uh, more interesting people I can talk to for this this podcast. So you can definitely expect more episodes coming up. And so now, of course, that I am in Chicago and I've got more access to people, I went outside of Chicago for my first one back and went to Oak Park to see my old friend Allison Shear. She went to theater camp with me way back in the day in high school. And uh, w- one of the fun things about this this show, this podcast, is that it's put me back in touch with a lot of the people, uh, many of whom went to theater camp with me way back when. Uh, a lot of people with whom I'd I'd pretty much lost touch, um, and they're they're really interesting people, and and I I really enjoy uh, hearing from them, hearing their stories, sitting down and talking with them, and, and just reconnecting with them. And uh, th- this this was no exception. Allison was was no exception. I had a really great time talking with her. Uh, she gave me a beer. I I met her fiance and her dog, uh, Marty, who who makes a cameo in the in the podcast. And we had a, a really good, open, and o- honest conversation. Um, so you may be listening to this on iTunes. That is great. If if you like this podcast, please uh, go and leave a review. I would appreciate it. Leave a review on iTunes. You can also check out all of my uh, episodes on my website, nicholaspatiak.com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I am on Twitter at npatiak. And uh, thanks, as always, to Alex Johnson for the cover art and to Matt Pickett for the theme song. So uh, here it is, my interview with Alison Shear. Hope you enjoy it. Sure. I really would like to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So,
1: how's it going? It's uh, it's going. It's going. It's been
0: years, years uh, and years since we've seen each other.
1: I think I was a sophomore in college the last time we saw each other. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Where'd you go to college?
1: Where didn't I go to college? <laughs> uh, I went to Rock Valley for a little while and. Then I transferred to Western Illinois University. Sure, go Leathernecks. (laughs) Go drunk bus. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I went to Columbia College out here in Chicago.
0: And uh, what was the reason for all the skipping around?
1: Just being unsure. Um, As you may remember, I always wanted to act Mm -hmm. and write, but that is... One of the worst jobs as far as consistency. Well, yeah. So up until very recently, I've been bouncing back and forth.
0: Back and forth between what?
1: Acting, writing, um, and psychology and therapeutic recreation.
0: What is therapeutic recreation?
1: That was working with kids with a wide a variety of disabilities in a park district setting really mm-hmm.
0: well that sounds interesting how did you get involved in that first i want to say this is really interesting you're the at least the third actor i've talked to who said has said well it was either acting or psychology and there's just such a tie between those and i've never really you know i've never been able to pinpoint it or or have anyone adequately explain it to me what do you think that connection is
1: The inner workings of the human mind. I, mean, it's... I wish I could eloquently explain it because <laughs> it's all up here. But I, to me, the connection is fairly obvious. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so you're bouncing back and forth between, mm-hmm. between colleges. You ended up at, at Columbia doing mm-hmm. what?
1: Television, writing, and production.
0: And how'd that go for you?
1: I quit my senior year.
0: Really? Yes. So you have you gone back and earned a degree since then, or are you still not. like a few credits shy?
1: I am precisely thirty-one credits shy. Okay,
0: so it's not like you're just like a couple away. It's not like you can like take a night class and be like, I got it. All yeah. Right. So what was the impetus for you uh stopping senior year?
1: You know, I just got to a point, um not only in my schooling but Personally, where Columbia wasn't working for me anymore. Okay. I have never been a good student. I have, um, full disclosure, I have I've struggled since I was really little with depression and anxiety, and school just exacerbates that. Mm-hmm. It, it just kicks it into high gear. Um, and you know after several semesters at columbia living this ultra heightened college life it was it was just such a everybody was existing on alcohol and diet coke yeah. and yeah. trying to stave off thoughts of how much debt we were all going to be in by the time we got done right it's just it wasn't worth it yeah so I quit. I told my parents, "I'm. this is what I want to do. I want to quit. I want to go to Second City and study there and just take my own path. And that's what I've been doing.
0: So you did? You quit and went to Second City? Mm-hmm. I did. So I'm, I'm curious, and like you said, full disclosure, I have also struggled with anxiety and depression, something that we talked about in this podcast. It talks about it with a few people. It's kind of become like an unwitting theme of, of the podcast is just talking about this, which I think is really helpful at least for me and I I think Mm -hmm. it has been for other people to talk about it um so I'm curious as someone who also has anxiety especially around things like schooling and and performance uh why was Second City okay whereas Columbia wasn't Second City seems like it's even more pressure and, and anxiety inducing
1: well that's the thing is that it it wasn't much better um Hi, buddy. Hey, <laughs> Dear listeners, here's my dog. Hey, Marty. He wanted to uh, show us his tire. <laughs> Sorry about that. No big deal. It's cool. But um, actually, Second City ended up being a lot of the same because I went in it with the wrong expectations. Tada! <laughs> <laughs> Good,
0: Jake. Trying right. Marty. Look, he's got some things. Get get the
1: potato treats.
0: We don't even have to edit this out. This is just just good. This is uh, this is my life. Cinema verite or audio verite.
1: This has been my life for the last year. You and Marty. Yeah, me and Marty hanging out, playing with the tire. (laughs) The tire. We we spend a lot of time with the tire. It's really important. Yeah, he
0: seems to enjoy it. He loves the tire. All right, so... Anyway. Uh, Second City, you, you were saying it's, it was much of the same. Yeah. Psychologically, at least.
1: Because psychologically, I was going into it... Um, strangely enough, a lot like I went into our theater camp. How so? I have to be the best at this. Mm. I have no room to fail. I have to climb up the ladder, and be at the top right away. Yeah. And Have you
0: approached everything in your life like that, basically? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that that's how you approached theater camp. That, that was such a non-competitive environment. I'm surprised that you went into it with that.
1: I'm, I'm not terribly competitive. I've, I've done sports throughout the years, but mm. never it never really engaged that competitive nature. But in terms of acting and writing, I don't give myself any room. Mm. And, of course, you have to start out being horrible. Yeah, That's how everybody yeah. starts. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, I've just I've gone into things like that and failed right away. And then instead of building on that failure, just getting scared and then backing out.
0: And is that what it was like at Second City?
1: Yes, it was, but kind of not. I I feel like such a douche <laughs> telling this story.
0: <laughs> but it's a safe place, it's okay.
1: Oh, it's so douchey you though. Know? <laughs> but I um I had a teacher there who pulled me aside at, um outside of class one day and said, Why are you here? What are you doing here? Are you just here to fuck around and have fun? Or you know, or do you have aspirations of being a serious actor? And I said, well, my dream was, like everybody else's, was to get on Saturday Night Live. Right. And he took a moment, and he looked at me. He said, you could, you could do that. I mean, I'm not making you a promise. I'm not telling you that you will get on to Saturday Night Live, but I'm telling you that you have what it takes. The only thing holding you back is yourself. And the way you view yourself. And if you can get over that, you'll be fine. And then I couldn't figure out like all right, so what am I how am I viewing myself wrong? <laughs> what do I have to do to view myself correctly so that I will be successful? Yeah. And that was it was almost 6 years ago, so since then acting and writing have been kind of on the back burner while I uh, while I went back to therapy and started to work through some stuff. Hmm.
0: That sounds like pretty intensive yeah. therapy. Yeah. We don't have to get into that if you don't want. You're up for it? Yeah. Well, let's talk about it then. What does, that, what does that entail? That sort of, you know, stop, basically like press pause on, on life and, and work on yourself. That's something that I'm
1: interested in. Oh, man. It entails... You know, finding a good counselor or psychiatrist is like shopping for a good pair of jeans.
0: Okay. It's Spoken really like a writer. It's, Keep it going. It's
1: so true, Nick. You you have to try on so many pairs of jeans. Sometimes you you know, you've had too much to drink the night before and you shit in the jeans <laughs> and you have to stick with them for a little while. But ultimately, you get rid of the genes. That's that's what it's like with counselors. So there's been a lot of trying to find somebody I can click with who will work with me. Um, just trying different coping mechanisms. I, I worked for two years at a non-profit organization called Thresholds that deals with mental illness in the Chicagoland area. And my specific program, I was down on 47th and Halstead in like one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago, working at a day center as peer support. So just trying to model some of the basic... These people, they didn't have... they were lacking in so much social skills um, basic coping mechanisms that we take for granted so in doing that job I really learned a lot about myself and the strengths that I do have and what my weaknesses are and just that in itself was like intensive therapy yeah
0: and what led you into that job? That seems like a pretty high stress, high pressure environment.
1: Um, well, like I said, bouncing back and forth between psychology right. and acting, you know, that was a steady job, nine to five, yeah. it had benefits. Um, but it was also I'm ashamed to say, ignorance. How so? Just not understanding where those people were coming from and what they were going through and how truly dire their situations were.
0: Do you think had you known that before taking that job that you wouldn't have taken the
1: job? No, I think I still would have taken it because I gained a lot personally from it. But um, I would have prepared myself differently. I wouldn't have walked into it as blindly as I did Hmm. because I... I mean, it was very stressful I did after two years I had to I had to quit because I just couldn't bear the stress anymore yeah I um, <clears throat> part of my job was that I was supposed to be very open about my own mental illness yeah. and my struggles with it and one day I was facilitating the class and I told the class that I still to this day struggle with Suicide. That's a big issue for me. And one of the guys raises his hand and just goes, you should try again. Wow. And you can't, you know, your first instinct is to either cry hysterically and run out of the room or get back at this guy. What the fuck you mean? I can't talk to you like that. And these people are are very, very sick. You can't do that so on the one hand I learned that I was able to say that helped me learn how to really express myself and say what you said was very hurtful Mm -hmm. please don't talk to me like that again but it was also I almost burst a blood vessel in my eye not (laughs) (laughs) having to maintain my calm Yeah. Yeah. so yeah it was I would I would do it again, but I would go into it differently.
0: Yeah. So where did you go from there after you uh, left that job?
1: It's it's a, it's pretty impressive actually. I'm a dog walker. Are you? I am. That is
0: pretty impressive. It's
1: really not. No wonder. <laughs> it's really not.
0: And that's what you're doing now? Yes. Walking dogs in the in Oak Park or just all around Chicago or in the city? In the city.
1: Yeah. Um I didn't intend to be there very long. It was just a temporary source of income, but it's ended up working out really nicely because I'm getting married this year, Mm -hmm. and we moved, and I'm auditioning for all these shows. So to try to go back into a 9-to-5, just... Well, yeah, if you're
0: devoting your time to all of those pursuits, then, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm interested, then, how did you get back into... Writing and acting like you said you're auditioning now. How to mm-hmm. take me through that process going from You know leaving Second City to coming back around and doing what you're doing now.
1: Oh, goodness um, Well, was a <clears throat> there was a big deal at Second City I I Worked there for a short period of time
0: before or after you left the classes
1: I while I was taking the while classes. you're taking, okay. Yeah, and um I ended up getting fired. Oh. From a host position, which is basically just a server.
0: Sure. What'd you do? <laughs>
1: Again. Such a douche. It's okay, safe place. We're good. <sighs> um Family Dog found out that day before work that our family dog that my parents had had cancer.
0: Hmm.
1: and was not going to last too long. And wasn't, you know, crying hysterically, but was bummed out. And um, we were in the main stage theater, and the boss was giving her spiel, and make sure you do this, and make sure you do this. And once those doors open, everybody, I want you to be happy and peppy. This is a comedy club. You've got to be up to it. And so I was just taking the opportunity before we opened the main doors and let the audience in to just kind of be at peace with the news. Mm -hmm. Um, And evidently that was not a good thing to do.
0: What what were you doing to be at peace with the news?
1: I was just very quiet. Okay. Pretty emo, like... Sure. Sucks, my dog's going to die. Yeah. But... That was disturbing enough to them that about a week later I made a mistake on the job and they said, you know what? I just, I don't think this is going to work.
0: Really? Yes. Because you were sitting there being sad. It's not like you were like, fuck this. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about Second City now? Okay. Yeah.
1: I think it's it's turned into something that I personally am am um, no longer interested in. I'm more interested in the indie backdoor theaters sure. and Second City has turned into kind of a conglomerate, mm. and I just don't mesh well with that. Gotcha. Okay. But I, just I thought maybe you would be like, "Fuck that place." Oh no, no! I mean, initially, yeah, I was like, yeah. "Fuck that place." <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually, I was very, very upset. I. I don't know if you would attribute it to immaturity or mental illness or stupidity or what, but it just blew it way out of proportion mm-hmm. and took it very personally. And like, because I got fired as a server at Second City, that means I'm—I'll never be able to work there as an actor. Yeah. And
0: goodbye, SNL. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: And took a nosedive and was just like, "That's it. I quit. I'm not dealing with this anymore."
0: This being.
1: Acting and writing and Mm. the whole thing and just kind of dabbled a little bit since then but never I Don't know never really put myself out there Um, I've worked on a couple projects I have one I'm working on that I'm trying to get produced that's a web series about a woman and her uterus If you've ever seen Wilfred Mm -hmm it's Wilfred but with a uterus sure so I've been working on that these last few years <laughs> but it wasn't until uh, last year when I quit thresholds that you know it was like oh my god I'm I'm 31 and not that I have wasted the last 15 years because I have a wonderful fiance and a crazy fucking dog and a great apartment and <laughs> a really great apartment yeah. really great apartment <laughs> yay me for this apartment yeah absolutely but um but in terms of my career i've i've never i have yet to dive in out of fear yeah and so i just got to the point where i went i've, I've got to do this and um jake my fiance and i have had many late night talks where I'm saying I just don't I don't want to mess with our stability and he's very supportive and just amazing and always there telling me you just got to do it you just got to keep going if this is what you want just push through so here we are and I have I have an audition this Sunday before my first show ever Really? First official show ever. Wow. And then I have another audition in a couple weeks.
0: Right on. What's the show?
1: The show that I'm in. hmm. Are You Still Afraid of the Dark at Under the Gun Theater? And where is that? It's Belmont. I think just north of Belmont on Newport.
0: Okay. Hey yeah. man, this is probably going to go out on Sunday, so if people want to come and see you, is it still going to be running? I assume Oh yeah, so. it's going
1: to run um, every Sunday in June.
0: Right on. Well, you heard it here first, folks.
1: Are you afraid of the dark? It's
0: legit. Yeah? I, is it a play off of the Nickelodeon? Was it Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, you, yeah. It was? All right. I yeah. guess I thought it was... Uh, I think I'm getting it confused with Erie, Indiana. Remember Erie, Indiana? Oh my god. Right? Yes. Yeah, flashbacks. Yeah. Wow. So what was it that... Prompted you to get back into it. Get back into writing and acting. You said, you know, it was time. How did you know? Oh, it? sure, sure. Um,
1: I was trying to be creative at Thresholds. Hmm. I was I, I tried to get an improv group going and the, we called them our members. Our members were like, the fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> You make really good hot dogs. Make some more hot dogs, bitch. What are you doing? Yeah. And the more I would try, the the more roadblocks I would hit, and I don't know. Something just snapped. Was like the, this is not where I belong. Mm. I can do this. I got offered a promotion to be the the head of our center. Wow. And I, I didn't take it because I knew. That's not gonna make me happy yeah. and that's gonna do a huge disservice to these people right if i'm just here for a paycheck that you can't you cannot do a job like that if you're just there for a paycheck mm-hmm. so 31 years old it's time to get on the horse and give it a try mm-hmm.
0: it's got to scare the shit out of you right oh totally yeah. i'm
1: fucking terrified <laughs> fucking terrified uh, I had an audition last week at Gorilla Tango mm. for their one of their burlesque shows. I can't dance. <laughs> I can't sing. And uh, the audition was pretty terrible. I did yeah. a pretty bad job. But after that initial period of grieving, like, oh, my God, I made such an ass out of myself, yeah. was like, wasn't that bad. It was yeah. fine. Nobody laughed at me or booed me off stage. So, yeah. Let's do this.
0: And even if they had, who gives a shit? Yeah, you never see those people before again, probably, right? Fuck y'all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the writing that you're doing, I know you said you're doing the uh, Wilfred with a uterus uh, type web series. What other writing are you, are you doing? What kind of stuff do you do? I mean, are you focusing? Is it you've got web series? Are you trying to do theater? I think I saw you were starting to try to dabble in
1: stand-up. Trying to dabble in stand up. Um, Are you familiar with Write Club? Uh, No. Fight Club with Words. Okay. Basically, it's two writers who get a topic about a week in advance, and you have to write an essay, and then you get up and perform the essay. Okay. And whoever gets more support from the audience wins. Hmm. Um, So, a lot of like essay type stuff. I haven't been terribly consistent in my writing because it's that's another area where uh, my anxiety just it has woven itself into the fabric of my writing. How so? I'll have a great idea for something or something that I'm convinced is a great idea and I'll sit down to write it and it's it's just writer's block. I immediately have this voice in my head that's saying this isn't Funny. This isn't smart. You're know, not eloquent enough to express yourself. Why even bother? Yeah. And that's something I still struggle to to work past, getting yeah. past that voice.
0: Same. anytime I try to write anything, it's like, well, it's not fucking Shakespeare, or David Foster Wallace. It's, it's crap. You know, just that, delete it. The whole thing.
1: You know that. A- Surprises me. Really? Yes. I mean, granted, we haven't seen each other for many years, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I looked up to you. For real? When we were kids, I'm yeah. Sorry to hear that. Oh, you shouldn't be. <laughs> I admired you had so much confidence and.
0: Yeah, it was all it was all front.
1: Oh well, it was a damn good front, my friend. <laughs> damn good front.
0: Yeah, I think that came uh, came crashing down around around college oh, age, which I think it typically does for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we both went to small high schools, and where mm-hmm. you're either you know big or you're small. There's really no in between. And I was yeah. kind of unwittingly big just because I played sports, you know, and mm-hmm. I and that was it. But yeah, it was always always had that lingering. Anxiety and, and depression, and that really wow. came out, especially in college. And I didn't even really realize it until later. Didn't start um, addressing it or doing anything about it until years later. So
1: wow, I—it's such a funny thing to say, but I think struggling with the same things, you'll understand. It actually makes me feel better. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You, Anytime
0: anyone says it, I'm like, "Fuck yes, thank you, you too. Yes, Good, you understand." Yeah. It's like yeah. this weird little club that you realize, even <laughs> in a little club, it's like. It's, it's millions, millions of people. us yeah, and we're all fucked all, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's tough and, you know, I, yeah, like I said, I struggle with the same things with my writing. Um, I try to write something and I just abandon it, especially fiction. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I have tried to start doing essays as well and I'm okay at that kind of stuff. It's, you know, from writing in my own voice from a first-person perspective, I'm usually okay with it but writing anything that's fiction, it's like, that is shit yeah. and it needs to go away right now and I'm never trying it again. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you uh, not to take over your interview? That's fine. But you can
0: interview me. That's fine. I'm going to
1: interview yeah, you now. Sure. I want the pen and I want the sure, paper. Sure, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, oh, shit. I, I
0: was I, being a ham. And you. then I... Yep. See what I did? Mm-hmm. Shit. We can move on. It's cool.
1: It doesn't even matter anymore. No,
0: no it doesn't. Um, so... I'm interested in just sticking with the mental health theme. We might as well. You said you've struggled with it since you were a kid. Oh, yeah. When, is it, when do you remember first struggling with it?
1: I can tell you exactly. Yeah. I've told this story so many times in therapy. <laughs> it's, it's like just explaining how to make a peanut butter and jelly fucking sandwich. <laughs> um. I was very, very close to my maternal grandmother. She lived with us. And when I was nine years old, she got lung cancer and passed away. Mm-hmm. It was relatively quick, which was was good for her, yeah. but really hard to process for a nine-year-old. Right. And um, I'd had some problems before then with, with anxiety and being kind of shy, but it was basically a pretty standard kid, and then my grandma passed away, and um, I don't actually remember this, but my mom says it was, I don't know, maybe a month later, sitting at the kitchen table having breakfast, and I just nonchalantly said, you know, I've been thinking about suicide lately. Oh, shit. Time to go to therapy. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So... From nine, it
0: was, I dove in head first. Yeah. And do you think, I think one thing that I, one of the reasons that I appreciate talking to people about this, and especially having it on a podcast and, and you know, putting it out for all, like, five people, whoever many people listen to this. <laughs> five people and my mom. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things I like putting out there is, whenever i've told people that i've got you know if i'm struggling with depression at that time if i just kind of mention i'm i'm depressed right now people are like why it's like that's not really
1: yeah it's not really how it
0: goes you know it's it's, it's just there it. and so i'm curious whether i mean you said you were aware of some anxiety before that but clearly this is something that was just was and still is a part of you
1: totally yeah
0: how do you how are you dealing with that? How have you and how are you dealing with that? Um,
1: well, to save some face, I won't go into detail about how I handled it in the past. I will say not well. Yeah. I've I've made a lot of bad choices.
0: If you've been dealing with it since you were nine years old, of
1: course you're gonna make some bad choices. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Um but now It doesn't scare me anymore. It used to scare me. Really? It doesn't scare me anymore. I, st- I still get depressed.
0: Yeah.
1: No doubt about that. But it's like, um, like Alice in Wonderland when she confronts the Jabberwocky. It's like, you j- I know you're there. You are, you're scary as fuck, but yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah. I can hang out with you.
0: You just kind need to go away. <laughs> Just see it as a bedfellow of some sort. Mhm. Yeah.
1: It's the the depression has almost become like a friend, in a way. Like it's always been there. I know. Like I guess it's it's kind of like an abusive boyfriend that you don't get rid of. That's like, <laughs> I know you're just gonna abuse me. Whatever. Let's go to the movies.
0: And then you break up with it and, but it's you just can't Oh, it still comes around. Yeah. It comes back. Yeah.
1: And you just accept it. Yeah. Let it back in. I'm that's jokes. It really is I've I've made peace with it and have like a weird friendship with yeah. my depression. Um, the anxiety I only started dealing with maybe in the last two or three years. Yeah. So You know, where I was with depression in my early 20s, that's where I'm at with anxiety. I'm just mostly processing where it stems from.
0: Have you made any headway on that?
1: A bit, a bit. Um, Again, it's just whether it's genetics or some traumatic event as an infant, I don't know, but it's just part of who I am, and it's learning to... Channel it properly.
0: Yeah, you know this is something that I <clears throat> I've been writing about it a little bit, and I actually just talked to my wife about it the other day. Um, it's it's a it's an extremely taboo thing to talk about uh, mm-hmm. depression and especially suicide. You know, for good reason. I think. Um, I mean, people are. It's not taboo for a good reason, but people are uncomfortable about it for mm-hmm. good reason. And I was saying to her, um, I've been recently going through a, a sort of about a bout of depression, and uh, sorry to hear that. Thanks. And uh, you know, it, it's not as bad as it has been, but it's just um, I think it the fact that it, that I have already worked through it. You know, like I had a, a massive one, I worked through it, and I was like, we're good now. And then the fact that it's still fucking there makes me understand and empathize with people who uh, court Suicide or who have considered it or who have done it because it really is fucking exhausting It's like showing up to work and your first day of work after college and being like well This is the rest of my life for the next 40 some years. I'm gonna be coming to this same fucking office. That's depressing enough but then when it's like oh, there's also this thing that's just gonna be lurking Forever, and no matter how much I can try to combat it and everything, it's always going to be there. And just trying to push it back—it's fucking
1: exhausting. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel that? Is that something that you wrestle with?
1: I did, and um, thats I, you know, you say it makes people uncomfortable to talk about suicide, and it actually makes me a little uncomfortable. But I think it needs to be talked about because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people. Struggle with it, yeah not just a passing thought now and then when you get a flat tire, I mean really struggle with that shit yeah. Um, yeah i I'm sorry what what did you ask
0: just whether that is something that you yeah it's it's a it's such a constant presence and it's such right, so it's right, right, right. exhausting to beat back
1: it was and um, yeah, that's where the suicide came in. It Was just like, well, I don't want to live fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty years going through this over and over again. And somewhere along the line, that's that thought just turned into, you know, I I don't want to leave. I don't want to be done. So, I'm either gonna to have to live miserably. Or be friends with this piece of shit yeah. that's part of me, and I wish I could tell everyone struggling with depression that that's all you have to do. But I don't know; everybody's yeah. different. But for me, that's that's taken a lot of the weight out of the depression itself. Just yeah. being able to almost treat it like a like a little kid. You know when that voice in your head starts telling you how shitty you are, just talk to it like it's a little kid. Be like, <laughs> Okay, Cindy Lou, Who, back <laughs> up to bed now. And it, it takes all the power away. Yeah. So with the depression I don't I don't struggle so much with that anymore.
0: Well that's really inspiring. Really?
1: That gets me, man. Yeah. I hope so. Oh, fuck.
0: Okay, let's lighten things up a little okay. bit. Okay. Um Thank you for opening up to me about that. That's yeah. something that's it's important My to me, and I assume it's important to you, and I'm glad to be talking with you about it. Um, what is it that... So you've always been drawn, obviously, to performing, acting, writing, etc. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what got you into that, or have you always just been a hammer? No, yeah. I've
1: always, absolutely always... Um, yeah, I don't know. Since I can first remember that's what I wanted to do
0: just perform were you like the the performer of your family and everything did you do you mm-hmm. have brothers and sisters?
1: I do um, but we're kind of we've got kind of a Brady bunch thing going my the sibling that's closest to me is sixteen years older than me. Oh wow, so my oldest sibling is twenty three years older than me Wow, yeah,
0: okay
1: so I do have brothers and sisters, but I grew up with their kids more than I grew up with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And so were you, you were the entertainer of the family though, ever since you could remember? Yeah. And then when did you start doing it formally? Like getting into actually performing and and all that?
1: Uh, I don't know if you would call this formally, but (laughs) you know, sometime around like grade school when... There were camps that you could go to. Yeah. That's when I started getting into stuff.
0: And do you remember, were you vocal about it? Like, I'm going to go to that camp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like I'm your, your mom was just like, we need to get you the hell out of the house. You can perform no, for other dude,
1: people. I'm going to go to this camp. Good. Go. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me for five minutes. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I wanted to go, you know, like be a child star and go out to L.A. And really? My mom put the kibosh on that. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no. You can go to these camps, but. Sure not going out to L.A., that's, <laughs> some, that's
0: some crazy bullshit. Yeah. So then were you always in the school plays and everything? No. No? No. So what did you do? Like, how did you get your performances out?
1: I am about to blast the doors of my psyche wide open. <laughs> Excellent. And tell you something that I only tell... People that I'm very, very close
0: to. Well, now it's you and me and the five people plus your mom who are listening to this podcast. My mom knows
1: all this shit, oh, so it's well, cool. All right. But this is something else I think, as weird as it's going to make me sound, it's important to acknowledge. Um, for the zillionth time, the anxiety kept me from really doing anything. Yeah. I remember one time in high school, I wanted to audition for a, for a musical and I actually had some, you know, at high school level, pretty decent singer. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been in the church choir and all that stuff. And I went to the office to pick up the, the tape for the song you were supposed to learn. And one of the women in the office was like, are you a freshman? Yeah. I wouldn't even bother with this if I were you because they don't ever cast freshmen. They only cast seniors. Oh, come on. Way to just shoot you down, right?
0: Oh man! Do yeah. you remember her name? Can we put her on? Blast I don't. Right now? But
1: ah. fuck that. Bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but th- if she's one of the five people listening, fuck you. She is one of the
1: five people. <laughs> she's here to ruin my life. Absolutely. God, what a bitch. Yeah. But um. But yeah, I stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, of course I can't audition now. I'm not gonna get. What's the point? Right. So for a long time, my. Outlet was imaginary friends. Oh, really? Yes. Even, like in high school? This is incredibly embarrassing. Well, you don't have to talk about this if you don't want I, to. I want to. All right, let's, let's I want do it. do let's, let's
0: dive into the psychics. Blast the doors off.
1: Yes. To um, just to the start of my freshman year.
0: What kind of imaginary friends are we talking here? Are we talking like a whole. Town like a like like The Simpsons, you know. Springfield is full of hundreds of these characters. Are we talking like one like right said, Fred, or no, Drop Dead Fred? Drop Wright dead said, Fred dead. is I'm too sexy, etc. Oh, yeah, drop, drop Dead Fred. Dead Fred. That's my that's... My <laughs> yeah. So are we talking that kind of thing.
1: <sighs> um, I had I had a a whole menagerie? Yeah, a whole menagerie. Really? And they were all based on characters from movies.
0: How vivid are we talking here?
1: Vivid enough that my mom, uh, I, had, I hadn't gone to counseling for a while. She took me back to counseling because I was talking about these people as if they were real. And I want to clarify I knew that they were not. You knew it. It Yes, I wasn't seeing them, but I I was. I didn't have any other outlet, so Mm -hmm. I was really fucking involved in this world that I had created for myself. Basically,
0: writing short stories just in real time, like improv short stories that you're that you're doing with these imaginary people. Yeah. Okay. Weird as balls. (laughs) Weird as
1: balls. What? What
0: was a typical interaction like between you and your menagerie of? Friends
1: Oh my god I came up with all kinds of Weird shit I would do I would do movies
0: I would come up with Okay you would write the movies You wouldn't like reenact Drop Dead Fred No No I would do my
1: own Like Um I would fail a test at school So then I would go home after school And create this whole Movie Hmm. Around failing a test and for like 4 hours would just reenact this movie and play all the parts. Okay, so you're
0: playing the parts. So you're not like you're saying a line turning to this person who's not there waiting for him or her no, to say No, I'm the doing line. It all Okay, way. so you, see, these aren't necessarily imaginary friends. These are just different characters that you're playing. <laughs>
1: the line might yeah, be a it's a little blurred. blurred. it's a little blurred. i i i videotaped myself actually once cuz i thought i wonder how fucking crazy this looks and i i videotaped myself but i do not know where that tape is uh,
0: did you watch it
1: afterward i did not Okay, i was horrified so you, you were
0: curious about how how crazy it looked but you didn't really didn't really want to know
1: um the the first time i remember having an imaginary friend i was probably like 4 once I got to about seven, I started to think this is probably kind of weird. Yeah. So definitely by.
0: And then you kept going for another seven years or so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Well, good for you. All right. So that was your creative outlet yeah. when you were when you were a kid, and then when I met you was theater camp. So had you done shows before that, or was the, was that just another outlet? It was like Nothing, I need something.
1: It you know just. Stuff at school, yeah. like plays at school. Okay, so you had, yeah, you had done shows but, at school, but nothing like classroom plays. Oh, okay. Like we weren't even on a stage. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: So then, was you said you went into theater camp with these sort of expectations? Oh yeah. Of yourself, um, what was it like? What was your experience like? Um, was it a, a big deal for you to go to that? Huge.
1: How so? So huge. Well, that was the first real substantial theater experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was also a big challenge to my anxiety. Actually, the, the first year that we were all there, I snuck away after lunch and went back up into the dorm room and called my mom and told her that I couldn't, like I wanted to keep coming to camp. But that I wanted to sleep at home mm. because I was, I told her my stomach was collapsing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but I was so riddled with anxiety yeah. that I couldn't stand it and I had to go home. Yeah. So the whole thing was just, a, you know, being away from home and being around other really talented kids.
0: And weird people, too. Just super weird oh, there people. Were so there were some really super yeah. weird fuckers. I mean, but that's... It was a comfort, I think, to me at least, to go and see, like, oh, these other people are fucking weird, too. You yeah. Know? The only...
1: There are other kids that are yeah. interested in this shit. Yeah. Yeah. But then it... It would just kind of fall away when I got home. What would? The... I don't know. The, the push, the motivation to do anything I would I'd only get so far before my anxiety would block me off Mm -hmm. you know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and there there was a time there for quite a while where I didn't have any outlets whatsoever Um, so a lot of that was typical teenage experimentation um, smoking drinking various other activities, just to try to fill the hole. Yeah. Hmm. Good times, right?
0: <laughs> so, um, I'm curious, now that you're back into performing, writing, etc., you said you used to have this ambition. You know, your teacher pulled you aside. What do you want to do? You want to be on Saturday Night Live. Now that you're back into it, what is your ambition? Do you have a goal in mind, or are you just doing it? To, to fulfill this need:
1: I'm just doing it yeah. I'm letting it progress as it needs to. It'll, it'll go where it goes, you know if that means Saturday night Live, Wow, amazing. Sure. Great. If not, that's fine. That's not where I was meant to be. Yeah. So I'm just doing it and kind of going along for the ride. Mm.
0: Tell me about the stand-up thing. why, why start dabbling in that?
1: Partly because I'm tired of people saying, mm, you should try stand-up, you've been funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're going to prove them wrong or prove them right? Yeah, I,
1: mostly I'm thinking I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm not funny. Right. Watch this. Watch me eat shit up. Yeah, stage. <laughs> I told you I sucked. Um, and part of it is that I just always admired stand-up comedians. I mean, I know that the majority of them have... Little to no self-esteem. But my god, they get up on stage in front of all these strangers and tell these fucking jokes and It's ballsy. Yeah, that's like some Ferris Bueller level <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's that's confidence to me. That's like the ultimate You're ballsy if you can do that, you know? So
0: So is this you? giving the middle finger to your anxiety? Trying to, yeah.
1: trying to, yeah. How's it going? It's not going so well so far. Why? It's pretty terrifying. Getting up on stage and um, saying lines and being a character is one thing, but getting up on stage and even being a variation of yourself, that's tough. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when I thought that I was hilarious. <laughs> About the time that we were hanging out, yeah. I thought I was the funniest motherfucker ever.
0: I thought you were funny, if that makes you feel any better. It does. Yeah, it it actually
1: does. But now, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm. My sense of humor is still in high school mm. and that I should have progressed, but I just haven't. I just have it. Orgasmo is still a funny fucking movie. Orgasmo is still
0: pretty funny. Actually I haven't movie. seen it in a long time. I haven't yeah. either. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could still quote some of the yeah. some of the jokes from that. Exactly. I I wonder if it's watchable though. Have you been have you gone back and watched any of the movies that you used to love and you're just like Really odd. And one of the most recent ones that I did was The Lost Boys. Did you ever see The Lost oh, Boys?
1: Oh, that one's It's unbelievably yeah. bad. That
0: shit gave me nightmares. I was like, that is the best movie I've ever seen. No. And it is unwatchable. Unwatchable these days. It's a horror so, movie. So I don't know if Orgasmo is, holds up. I <laughs> so, feel like it, it probably wouldn't hold up very <laughs> Probably not. I but don't know. it's the South Park guys. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty funny. Sure. Did you see The Book of Mormon?
1: I did not. good.
0: I think it's back. In Chicago, I or at least to. it was, yeah.
1: That'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. so something else that I wanted to that I ha- I take very few notes before I do these, but one of them that I wanted to talk about, and I'm sad that I didn't bring it up before when it was apropos of what we were talking about, but when we were in camp and when we were hanging out, you always had. You said that you you know you admired me or whatever it is that you said for the confidence that I was acting out. I admired you for the way that you seemed to have this. uh this sort of like, fucking punk rock <laughs> sensibility. I don't know. It was like it was it was something that a lot of people were affecting. You know, they they were putting it on, and it didn't seem like you were ever putting it on. It just seemed very authentic. And I wonder now, looking back on that, whether you see it as a as a front or a coping mechanism, or what? How do you view that?
1: Awesome question.
0: Thanks. Wait I, I do this for a living. Man. So that's not true. I don't get paid for this at all. I'll pay you. Me pay you. You gave me a beer. That's good enough. Dude, Thank I'll you. give
1: you like 10 cents. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's a good paycheck. No, seriously, that's wow. Good question. Thought provoking. Yeah? Um. I think I think some of it was a front. I think I, I embellished. not, not embellish that's not the right word I would overact to compensate for my shyness mm-hmm. but the, the basic philosophy if I had one that's just me I'm nuts what do you mean One time in high school, I I was on lunch, I went outside the principal's office. in had a window looking out onto the the quad. And I tapped on the window, and he opened his little curtain and looked out and I mooned him. <laughs> Stuck my ass in his face. <laughs> and there was nothing, you know, like I it wasn't Fuck you, principal, or I'm going to show these other kids how cool I am. It was pure This is going to be funny to me. Oh, I'm really? going to enjoy doing this. That's what I'm talking about. That's All right. That's just me.
0: So I th- I think that's interesting to me because I think that maybe my my understanding of it was probably flawed then because I was seeing it as like an anarchy, like almost like the Joker. I'm just going to do shit to Just to kind of fuck with things. Like, nobody else is mooning the principal. He seems a little too comfortable up in there in his ivory tower. Here's my ass.
1: No, in a way you're right, but it wasn't. It wasn't looking at it like to fuck with things, to fuck things up. It was just like. I'm bored right now. (laughs) This is gonna make me laugh. I'll enjoy it. I'm gonna do it.
0: Do you think that that. Spirit still guides you that sort of Thing
1: I Think so yeah, I think that's why I'm back into acting mm. it's Once I get past all the uh All the mental blocks and whatnot. This is fun. It's I'm gonna fuck around with shit. Yeah, like um, this audition I have on Sunday I've, I've nearly memorized um, Everybody Needs Somebody to Love from the Blues Brothers. Sure. There's a little speech that Dan Aykroyd does in the yeah, beginning. The,
0: the, what is it? Uh,
1: How does um, it, it start?
0: It especially like to okay, thank all you sure. okay, okay, law okay, enforcement, okay. blah, blah, blah.
1: I've been practicing this mm-hmm, all day. Now's mm-hmm. your chance. We're so glad to see all you lovely people here tonight. We'd especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We sincerely hope you all enjoy the show. And please remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there are some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Everybody! Everybody! Everybody. Yeah. I'm doing that at the audition. You're doing that. Yeah. Like as your monologue? Yep. Right up? And then I'm gonna sing the song. Are you
0: really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it for a musical?
1: I don't know. <laughs> That's the Allison I know and love. It's called the Church of Hip Hop, so <laughs> sure. you would assume music would be involved. Probably. Blues, probably not. I mean, but hey. rhythm and blues, R and B, you know, sure, or... sure. Same thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just we're uh, this this um, audition I went to last week. I went in with that same. I have no excuse. I got to be the best. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm just going into it like. I'm gonna fuck shit up and I'm gonna have fun yeah. because it's gonna amuse me and if I don't get it, I don't give a shit I went and I had fun
0: Yeah, Good for you
1: Thank you Like I told you before we started, I was listening to your other podcast episodes to prepare myself <laughs> mentally
0: Doing your research on me?
1: I was doing my, my intense research yeah. in my car while simultaneously checking Facebook Wow, and driving. Yeah. yeah. I'm a safe driver. Sure. Um and I uh Darcy, I believe is her mm-hmm. name. hmm Um, she was talking about how it's it's so hard to go into auditions and like there are all these people who look similar to you and you don't get picked. Yeah. It can be devastating. It can,
0: yeah.
1: And, and I hate it. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of my reaction to it and how I've let it hold me back and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just going to go have fun. If I happen to get cast, that would be awesome. If not, I'm going to go do a lot of auditions and have a lot of fucking fun. And a lot of people are going to say, that bitch was crazy. Yeah.
0: That's some next level shit. I feel like you figured out the game. I feel like you beat the boss and you're, you're playing on a level above all the rest of us.
1: Word. Yeah.
0: Good for you. So I'm curious, how did you meet Jake? At Columbia. Really?
1: Yes. So you've known each other that long? Yes. Um, we were set up at a party.
0: You were set up
1: at a party how by that? mutual friends.
0: Like you were both at a party, and then it was like, oh, he you, was you, invited you, to the
1: party, and then um, our mutual friend Natalie called me and said, "I'm having this party. You got to come over." And yeah, you know, I don't know. I was in my studio brooding about <laughs>
0: about
1: whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You know, the bologna sandwich that I didn't put enough mayonnaise on. And she's, she's like, no, you really, you gotta come to this party because there's this guy here and he's DTF for real.
0: (laughs) Is that really what she said? Yes, that's really what she said. What?
1: (laughs) All right, these are my friends. And... I was like, I'm not really interested in. You are not DTF. Yeah, I'm not DTF at the moment. I'd rather be down to be in my sweatpants. (laughs) Right.
0: I don't know what the acronym for that is. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna create one though. Yeah. D T
1: down D T sweatpants Whatever. Yeah. Move on. So, she eventually talked me into it, and I went into the party, and I. Remind Jake often that when I first saw him, you know, I get in there and my friend, Adley's like, okay That's the dude. Oh, no. He's out of my league. I can't touch that. Ah. He's too pretty Too much <laughs> too much and alcohol was involved and liquid courage Many years later you have a wedding taking place.
0: Damn. When's the wedding taking place? November 19th.
1: Congratulations Where are you getting married? Out in Rockford. Sure.
0: Yep. What portion of Rockford? like where in Rockford.
1: The Prairie Street
0: Brew House. Fuck yeah. Yup. Good for you. Right.
1: I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah.
0: You seem to be really happy. You seem to be in a in a in a good place.
1: I have my days where I'm not. Um, but yeah. And honestly, um, Jake is the source of a lot of that. He's been I I don't even know how to explain how important he's been in my life. He's been a huge support and puts up with all my shit and allows me to wake him up at 2 in the morning and look at this vine I saw. It's of a cat wearing a jacket. Is that not funny? So a lot of it can be attributed to... uh, Jacob Linney he's a beast
0: I'm happy for you happy you you found him and have found uh, what you're doing and the the confidence and like I said I think you're doing some next level shit and
1: uh, let's hope it continues I
0: hope so and uh, let's let's stay in each other's lives shall we
1: that would be nice yeah it would let's do that
0: thank you for opening up to me you're most welcome my pleasure
1: I hope it helps somebody
0: I hope so it helped me
1: good thanks Allison yep